0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Bishop and the Moose on a Tuesday evening. We are glad to uh, have you joining uh, with us, and looking forward to a time of encouragement on this Tuesday night. We've enjoyed doing these, and uh, we are putting these different ones on our uh, on YouTube now for people to go back and and uh, look at and uh, be able to. Uh, look at some of the ones, the different ones we've talked about, and some of those different subjects we've talked about during this time. What is um, uh, where is the YouTube page? How do you get to this?
1: Well, we've got a link, but it hasn't been published. Oh, yet. Oh, well, we
0: got to wait. I wasn't supposed to ask that. No, yet. no, but
1: uh, <laughs> I actually have been posting the links each week on Saturday at seven p.m. the same time that we used to broadcast. Yes, right. so
0: you can access it through one of those links. That's not an issue at all. Yes. Well, great. Well, fantastic. Well, listen, tonight uh, we want to talk about something that uh, comes up often, and uh, I'm afraid that it just never, uh, Some too many believers do not get victory in this area of their life. And the area I'm talking about mainly is talking about fear and how fear can control us and really dominate our lives. And with what's going on in the world today, uh, it has just ramped up all around us, and people are struggling. With uh, this idea of just being uh, absolutely scared. I've really noticed that if you listen to national media and even local media, and you listen to a news program, there's one message that's coming out from all of the major news, and that is fear. You you need to be afraid. You know, you're going to die. All of these things. It's just over and over the negative pushing of that, and hey, we are living in some challenging times, but there's a difference between a uh, preparation in our life uh, that we take things seriously when needed to and being controlled by fear, and the Bible refers to it as a spirit of fear, which involves it being an entity, a demonic entity that can literally bring us to a halt in our life and keep us uh, from moving uh, forward. Uh, Fear is powerful.
1: Oh, fear is extremely powerful. I mean, if you look through history, fear has done many things to people throughout their lifetime. It's caused some people to have heart attacks. Some people have had anxiety to such a point to where they've gotten ill, physically ill. Mm -hmm. Some people have nervous breakdowns and end up in mental institutions when the anxiety gets so strong. Uh, Our health can be massively affected through fear and through the spirit of fear. It can cause triggers in our body that causes chemical reactions. Our bodies will secrete different chemicals that can either help or harm us, depending upon the mood that we're in. And fear and stress is something that's always mm-hmm. negative on the
0: body. You know that it is. They, every doctor, every person talks about that and speaks to how you know important it is to get these things out of our our lives. I, I thought about when you said that, uh, Kirk, is when our Lord said about the days that would precede his coming, and he says men's heart will fail them out of fear, and the fear will become so great that as you said you know the heart just it stops and uh, so it's it 's a powerful thing well, how do we get victory over this i mean we've talked about it you know many of these i've preached uh, more in my ministry, and then in these last six months very much about it as people are dealing with things. And there's so many truths from Scripture, but I've discovered a passage in Hebrews that that really goes to the heart of this matter, and uh, I want to just introduce it to you for a moment and then make some uh, observations that we can uh, make about it that hopefully will help you practically learn how to step out of that. Uh, fear and anxiety, fear and depression. Depression is usually when people are depressed about the past. Something hasn't worked out in their life, and they're depressed over that. Uh, fear and anxiety are usually about the future, and that fear comes at us in, in that way. But there's a root fear, uh, I believe, under all fears, and uh, it's just the fear of death. It, it can be the one that plays on us, that can cause so much damage to us and damage to our, uh, our ability to function in the world uh, that, that we're in. Listen to those uh, two or three verses here, uh, Hebrews chapter 2. It talks about uh, Jesus, and it says, In so much that uh, we as children, that as human beings is talking about here, we have partaken of flesh and blood. All human beings are of flesh and blood. But he himself, speaking of Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had power of death, that is the devil, and release those who, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That is a power-packed revelation in those two verses of what uh, the Lord has done for us. Now, if I had read a larger section around this passage... You would see how the writer to Hebrews is really building his case on what Jesus has done for us, and it's important to see you know that one of the first things is that Jesus identifies with us as prisoners of of uh, uh, of uh, on this earth of, of this fear, and he came why What does it say? He became flesh and blood as well that is the greatest scandal that there ever could be for those that are the intelligent and the academic and the religious of this world. How can God? God has to be so much different than us. How could God become flesh and blood? There's no way. Many people reject Christianity outright, just over that that notion that God would become a man, but it's the heart of our Christian revelation that we have uh, in scriptures. that God loved us enough that he became one of us. Uh, I told the story Sunday, uh, Kirk, you know, it's an old story that we used to tell, kind of archaic and very dated and very simple today. But a little bit of the point of a of a farmer looking out in a snowstorm and seeing these birds that are dying in the snowstorm. And he wants to do something. So he goes and opens his barn up so they can go in and survive the storm. Well, they wouldn't go in the barn. He tried to shoo them in. They flew off. They'd come back. They were shivering. They were about to freeze to death. He got so frustrated looking out from his house. He said, you know, if I could become a bird, I could lead them in there, but I'm too big. They're scared of me. And we use that as an illustration to talk about how God Himself uh, became one of us, not just for that reason, but for the reason that we could identify with Him, as He identified with us, and He leads us in victory. So, look at that great humiliation that 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 our God has done, and to become one of us. To, you know, I always say it like this: He was. The Bible says God is spirit, but He who is spirit became time, came flesh, you know, here. Uh, He was eternity. He knew nothing but eternity that we can't even fully conceive, and yet he became measured in time. All of these things, this great humiliation, Paul spoke of it in his famous passage in Philippians 2, verse 5 through 11, where he talks about the kenosis passage, the great emptying passage. He didn't, he, he came here and he humbled himself, not only to be a man, but all the way to the point of death, and that's the main thing. His obedience in coming here was not just that he... Came a man. That's scandal number one. <laughs> scandal number two is he. He suffered. God suffered. Isn't that powerful.
1: It is powerful, Pastor. And you know. And another thing I think we forget about a lot of times is, you know, for him to be the perfect sacrifice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he had to go through everything. And what does the Bible say? That is common to man. Mm-hmm. So. Anything that's common that you you or I would go through on a daily basis and we would have to make a choice from right and wrong, guess what? Christ suffered that. He looked at it and he said, no, there's a better way. There's a way that leads me to my Father, which leads to peace and a true life. And he chose the right path. So if he chose that right path, not only is it possible for you and I to do so, but he also helps give you and I the strength to do it. You know, and that's one of the things we often overlook and we forget.
0: That's you know when you say that, you know, the one thing he identified with of all the human uh, uh, emotions and uh, human temptations and all of this was fear. Uh, you know, I mean, he he came as a human being, and face that the difference between him and us is that he was perfect in his response to 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 that fear, and uh, so we learn from him. We walk in his uh, footsteps. We learn that it's possible, but it's really possible because of what he did. And so when he came and identified, but he also suffered, and and the, back in Hebrews chapter two and verse ten, it actually says it was fitting for him. It was fitting. It was the. It was that was what he was supposed to do, and he suffered for us. He he died on the cross. Now you could go through the sufferings of Christ, and you could do it and talk about all the details of the cross. Many of you have seen the Passion uh, of the Christ that Mel Gibson did many years ago, and uh, so many people say that's just too uh, intense. And the truth of the matter is, if he had done it like way he it probably really happened. We wouldn't have been able to any of us stand looking at it, and uh, the, the the horrible torture that he went through, and the suffering that took place, and and the crowning point of that on the cross when he uses Psalm twenty two, which is quoted in this passage, and he cries out to God and says, "My God, my God, why hast Thou That's forsaken right. me?" And so he, you know, he's now. I, in a thing Spurgeon, the great preacher, said, I'm looking down at a shaft that I cannot understand and see no light in, and how God can forsake God. It was a tremendous mystery, but it was a very painful thing that, that he went through. Now, he goes through all of that. Why does he do that? Well, I love what uh, verse 10, back in verse 10 says. He said he did it because he's the captain of our salvation, right. and he was bringing many sons to glory. I, 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 the word captain there is a beautiful original word in the in the Greek New Testament and it, it's the word of a, of a forerunner it's one of, uh, I think it's best translated really as pioneer and you know when the Bible later in Hebrew says he's the author and finisher of our faith that word author is the same word here he's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith he's the, uh, he's the one that's gone ahead, paid the price Uh, to do that kirk i always look at men or women that are very successful in business and if i get a chance to meet them or someone i know and i get to know them i know something before i ever start talking to them i know there's some scars on their back i know you don't build a successful business without paying a price and that same thing's true of building a church or anything uh you know there's a price involved uh, you know in, in doing that and so this pioneer goes before and pays the price. Now you think about a hero of a city. He goes into the city, and uh, he pays the price to build a city so that many sons and daughters can live there. He uh, pays the price as a, uh, beginning a family and starting a family so that true sons and daughters can come and enjoy uh, the brotherhood uh, in in the family. Uh, all of the, all of these, things. he builds a kingdom so that people. Can come together and enjoy, uh, you know, a rule of peace under his wise and benevolent leadership. So he's the pioneer. He's the great pioneer of faith. Now, what what's this got to do with fear? Okay, <laughs> he identified with us. He came and suffered for us. But then, when it comes down to us, it said, "Here's what he accomplished in doing that," and it speaks of him identifying with us as ch- children of flesh and blood. But it says through death. He might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And so the word to destroy there is is not an idea of obliterating to nothingness in the sense of the devil still around uh, now. But it was the idea of destroying and rendering one useless. Uh, making null and void their authority taking away all of their authority and so he doesn't have that anymore he can't he can't uh, sway death over us as something that we would so fear and scare uh, that we uh, would be uh, not able to do anything in, in this world and that's what he did Jesus took that away from him and then in the very next verse to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage the Greek word for fear is phobos phobia And, uh, man, all the phobias. And, you know, I think there's some spiritual phobias that people get. And I I see this, Kirk, most often here uh, with, um, you know, I've tried to be a good citizen. And unlike a lot of people, I know my limits. I know where I fit. I know my lane and I understand I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a biologist, I, I I can't speak with great authority about how viruses are transmitted, and I can learn, I can observe, I can, but I am a discerner, and I do know when I'm getting fed a line, and when I'm not, I can see something that's not right on some of those things, and uh, you know, I've, I've watched uh, over the course of this thing, and People got really upset, or I mean, a lot of us really kind of raised our eyebrows back in March when they said, we, got, we need to shut churches down. But the difference was then is that everybody was having to be affected by this, and we were no different than, than everybody else. So we, we also, you know, observed that quarantine time for those many weeks here in Texas. It was about two months that we actually we had people come. Uh, it's Texas. Everybody's going to rebel around here. Nobody's going to tell everybody what to do around here. But we had, you know, a very small group that kind of helped us get our, our uh, live stream on. But then later you start watching across the country and other states and things that are being said. And I think the really one that got me Kirk was in our local newspaper here in in Dallas area they had a big chart I don't know if it was released from the governor's office or what but the chart was the all the activities you do and how how Fearful, you should be of these activities, cause you might get the virus. And it starts off very, you know, yellow, like going for a jog, going to the park, those type things. And it starts getting redder and redder until you get to the very bottom, and it's bright red. And the next, the last one, is going to church. Going to church is the worst thing that you can do. And I thought, what? And you know, I mean, and so last Friday, I, I told this uh, the day, uh, Kurt. But last Friday, my wife and I needed a uh, uh, a new a washing machine. And uh, we found out that all the manufacturing plants shut down in March during the quarantine. There are no washing machines. Uh, we we were looking around, but we went to Lowe's, we went to Home Depot, went to, uh, had to stop at Walmart for something. And then later in the day, my daughter took me to a coffee shop up the road. We went to the drive through to get a cup of coffee and we were coming back. And as I pulled into where the neighborhood I live in, I passed, you know, it must be 50 ball fields. That are there in our recreation area of our city, and every ball field was packed. All the men and women sitting around sipping on their energy drinks and talking to one another and having fun and laughing. You know, don't forget the tents. Oh, this...
1: They all had their tents up, <laughs> their lawn <laughs> chairs out, out and they... I don't think half of them had a mask
0: on. Uh, no, I didn't see any masks. Uh, you know, out there. And then, uh, then I passed the pool, the community pool. Hundreds of kids jumping in the water. The lifeguards all around. Moms and dads standing around talking. And then I got to thinking after you know going to Lowe's and Home Depot and I couldn't hardly get in. There's such a crowd of people shopping. And then I, you know, go to Walmart. Then I go by the ball fields. I go by and I thought, but going to church is going to kill you. And uh, you know that's where you begin to have that discernment come up over your. Thing. And I, I listen, I believe there, were, there are people in our church that for whatever reason, some who had symptoms or whatever, they don't need to be here, don't want them here. And then others that because of some health issues in their life, they don't need to even be out. That's why we have live streaming. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to do. I'm not saying everybody ought to go to church. Like I'm just saying there are a lot of people that don't go because of fear. Because the media yeah. has said you're going to die if you go to church. And yet all these other activities are okay. And, you know, I, it, it just raises your eyebrows about that. And, again, I just start seeing people, again, paralyzed by that. And uh, it's not something that, I mean, here's, here's what I think, Kirk. What you think. Look what all the Lord did for us to overcome and conquer uh, the fear of death. Uh, so that you and I are released from that. That's what the word is here. We're released from that. Why? To live as Christ and to die as gain. We know that our elder brother, the firstborn of many brethren, Jesus has paid the price. And what did he do? He went through... Uh, Death And he conquered it and came forth from the grave. And he's the firstborn of many. All the rest of us who believe in him will experience the same thing. Death is not final. It is a step into the the fulfillment of our destiny forever and ever in eternity. And we know that. We're liberated from that fear. How could I allow the world around me to rob me of the ability to function and to live my life? And doing that—that—that's what grabs me about this fear thing—is when I see that. What do you think, Kirk? When, when you say, um, you know, I say this and I say that, when you find yourself not participating in an activity you wanted to participate in, simply because you're driven by what may happen, and in, in a fear that is—and I'm not talking about daredevils. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about normal. You, you find yourself a prisoner in your home or prisoner, uh, you know, that you just feel like I can't, you know, function in that way. That's where it becomes debilitizing. That's when it comes to the point where it really just holds you back and keeps you from moving forward.
1: Well, I think it's sad, though, that we're looking at situations like people going to the ball fields and to the swimming pool, but they're afraid to go into a church, mm-hmm. into a congregation. Um, There's even been reports of doctors saying, just whatever you do, don't go to church. But then if they think about what they say, they're like, I don't know why I said that. Well, reason itself would say, if it's safe to protest, it's safe to go to church. If it's safe for you to go to a concert, Mm -hmm. it's safe for you to go to church. If it's safe for you to go to the ball field, around about 500 to 1,000 more people that are not wearing masks, it's safe to go to church. Yes.
0: And we're, and I, I don't think at these places that we're talking about there, they're doing what we do. We wipe down everything a uh, hundred times while while people are here before they come, after they're as they're leaving, all that we kind of make it safe inside in every way we possibly can, and, and all that. And I'm I'm not just on the hobby horse of church. Church is just about one of the manifestations of that right now. But I'm watching people that even not church, they're not doing anything. They're they're chained. They're they they've become um, you know so fearful. Of that, I I, I don't want to, you know. We people have said this before. I want to be smart. I don't want to cause another person problem. I have to wear a mask. I wear a mask when I go to the store or wherever we had to, you know, go. If they say I put one on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what they, you know. I'm gonna be a good citizen. I'm not I'm not gonna be stupid. I'm not gonna run out here and just tell. I'm not yeah. talking about that. I'm just talking about. It. I'm not gonna quit living life because of fear. Because what kind of life is that? So how do you get out of this? Well, just get back to looking what Jesus did for us. He set us free of this. And i, I just say it this way, as plain as I know Find your victory. Find, let God emancipate you from any bondage that has come upon you because all you've heard around you is fear, 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 fear. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die.
1: And some people might even be saying out there, but Jesus never faced it like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He never went through anything that really made him stress out Well, we know for a fact that's not true. (laughs) That's not true. He knew he was going to die. And some people say, well, he just laid it all down. Well, yes, he did lay it down like a lamb to the slaughter. However, at the same time, we see also he was given words of knowledge throughout the Word of God where he knew different cities wanted to kill him, and he would avoid those cities because he knew it was not his time. So he had words of knowledge. He knew where the Father was taking him, and he knew what the outcome was to be in the appropriate times. And when he got the foreknowledge, or the word of knowledge, that he was going to die, he withdrew to the Garden of Bethany, and he took his disciples and said, Hey, pray with me all night. Yes. And they kept falling asleep on him. Um, exactly. And then he gets to such a stress point that he begins to sweat blood as he prays. Mm, mm. You know, And there's been medical studies done on that, yes. the amount of stress it takes to get someone to sweat blood. And he had to be under such duress. But what do we do? We don't tend to persevere. Jesus persevered. We don't tend to keep pressing in. Jesus continued to press in. He did not allow the fear of what he knew was coming to get him. Instead, he pressed into his father, ended up in his arms, and was comforted even though he knew death and
0: suffering was coming towards him. Yes, I think I, I add what you just said there. Uh, You know, his was not just the point of death. It was what the cup that he was going to have to drink, and that was the enormous uh, suffering associated with his death. I don't believe a normal man could have even survived to the cross, what all he went through. And, uh, you know, again, not just the physical, which is overwhelming, you know, with that Roman torture that they would do to one and and the crown of thorns and all of those type things, but also the emotional Seeing the people he loves, the people he came for, you know, hurling uh, curses at him and the, the, the Roman soldiers playing games. Uh, you know, in the way they were doing it. All, all of those things. I mean, what an overwhelming... We can never say, and the writer to Hebrews makes it clear later when he says, you know, we do not have a high priest that was not tempted in all points as we were. Uh, he, you know, not just temptations of the flesh, but but right. also going through the human experience the way we did. He understands. He knows. And he paid that price so you and I wouldn't have to live in that fear. And uh, that that's the most immense... That's the most... You know, fullness that comes with knowing Christ, that, that I have the reason and purpose. I, I was relating um, to uh, my daughter, we were having a discussion, and we were talking about another religion that somebody was of that uh, was a religion that just was born in the 1960s, <laughs> and a lot of people follow it today. And I said, you know, my, you know, if they said many will come and say I'm the Christ, I said, look, if they're not two thousand years old, at least, (laughs) you know, uh, if they're you're not from eternity, if they're if they're not uh, have scars in their hands and on their feet, you know, that that's not him. Uh, He he paid the price and he did this. This is real. And you know, they had such a weird view of the afterlife. This particular religion we were talking about. And I'm just thinking about how hopeless it is when someone dies uh, to not, you know, have this this thing about you're going to go to this world and you're going to shed this and you're going to do that. going, to, And it's just all made up in the last 50 years, 60 years. And, you know, we're like, man, we have something that goes back from the very beginning and has been practiced for people from the beginning and has a has a uh, truth that winds its way through the ages, and all of it comes together perfectly in Jesus. And since then, many have used his name wrongly and done very bad things in his name, but always against his character of who he really is. And we have this, this fullness, and, and more than anything, we have this understanding of the victory over death. That's right. And, it, it, you know, e- either we believe it or we don't. If we don't believe it, we're not a believer. I think that's one of the biggest problems, unbelieving believers today. We need to be a believing believer. We need to believe he said it. You know, if any man believes in me, that he, you know, he, the, the resurrection and the life I am, you know, though he's dead, yet shall he live. And I go through through the shadow, uh, you know, the valley of the shadow of death. All of these things, it's process. It's not an ending. It's not a finality to it at all. And uh, so, you know. Uh, we have to look at that. We have to get the victory. I just sometimes I get run out of practical things. I come back to theological things, and then I want to just reach in the screen and say, "Hey, find your victory. That's right. Christ didn't die for you to be bound up in fear. Let it go." Let it go. Find that victory. And I promise you, you cry out to him. You ask the Holy Spirit to come and give you that power in your life. I promise you, he will show up. He will come. He will liberate you uh, through that. I've I've had times in my life where I found myself in bondage. Uh, I was a pastor at uh, one time, and my heart started doing some really weird things. And I got scared. And I could tell a lot of stories about this or, or longer uh, about how bad it got. But then I finally went, and over the course of six months, went to these experts, found out there was something a little different about my heartbeat that nobody else has. But it's not going to kill me. And you know, once I got that and got free, I got over it. But uh, leading up to that time, every day is this my last breath? And here I was, pastor in a church, and I found myself. I had to get that victory and get through that. And I knew that was no way to live, uh, you know, forever. So you, you know, if you find that I have compassion on you, but I won't tell you. That Get your victory. Find it. And uh, call upon the Lord, and you'll see it come to pass in your life for sure.
1: Oh, brother, that's such a good message. We all need to remember that we need to not focus on fear. That we need to focus on the victory that we have in Christ. There's so many different stories in the Word of God that we could go through and give you practical examples of how different people had to get over fear, but we simply don't have enough time this evening.
0: Yes. Yeah, so
1: yes. I, I want to reiterate, guys, you can definitely go check out our broadcast on YouTube. Yes. Uh, we're releasing the, the Saturday show now on uh, at 7 p.m., and we go ahead and release a link every Saturday on Facebook. And uh, eventually we'll get a, a link or something that we can put out there so that y'all can just click it on the church's website or on the Moose Ministry website, either way, and it'll make it quick and easy for you to get to. But guys, we really appreciate you coming out here. Continue to seek God for your victory. Don't allow fear to be your victor, but be a victor over fear. Remember, you can always go to mooseministriesinc.com and. Submit your prayer request there, or you can email Pastor Barry at bclinging at trophylakes.org. Guys, God bless you. God bless you.